This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. From the Norwalk Havoc Studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our interview with Wake and Bake builders Alex Pezza and Angel Vidal. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Now, before we uh, get into this week's news, uh, I just want to uh, say how happy we are to be back. Uh, I guess this is officially the start of season three of the show. Um, but I would say... Uh, I. I Thank you, everyone who sent us emails and uh, text messages and Discord uh, chats asking about the return of the show. We do have a good reason for uh, for our our very long absence, Chris. Maybe uh, sh- should we should we do like the good news or the bad news first, Chris? What what, what do you say? <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, uh, I would like to congratulate my brother Luke, on the birth of his baby daughter, Pepper, who is maybe the cutest baby. I know it's like one of those things that people say, but like a lot of those other babies are pretty ugly. Yeah. This is yeah, an adorable baby. Oh my gosh, those eyes. She's just the, oh, the sweetest. I, I, I just want to say, you know, uh, it's, she looks just like me too. So you're, you're all also indirectly complimenting me. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. You do have sweet eyes. I was going to say, if you ever wanted to know what uh, a small baby version of Luke would look like, look no further, because we we have the answer. Yes, yes. Uh, Yeah, so she is uh, two and a half weeks old, and um, I've lost all sense of time. And uh, I don't know. Hey, Luke. Yes. Luke, how, how many days old is she? She is... 16 days old. 16 days? Where where is her beetle? <laughs> uh it's it's stuck in CAD right now. Yeah, she she keeps talking about it, you know. That's right. Um Yeah, so um yeah, she's she's here. She's beautiful. She's uh very healthy. And uh for the last 2 months I've just been worried sick, you know, about um my first kid. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I'm going to say that's a big reason why I've been preoccupied for a little bit. Um, Chris, should I congratulate you as well on, uh, surviving, <laughs> surviving your latest operation? So I guess it's good news and good news, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Um, 
Yeah. yeah what was supposed to be just a, a, a brief overnight uh, outpatient procedure uh, turned into a tumultuous four and a half day um, uh, bonanza at Albany Medical. Uh, but I am doing super well. I think Lindsay Bear might have had it worse than me during that entire episode because she was the one that was like running around with scalpels and screaming at doctors. So. <laughs> Uh, despite how many times security had asked her to stop, too. <laughs> I mean, luckily you didn't, uh, you know, get to enjoy some pain medication that maybe altered your memory. Uh, I did not have that luxury, but you know, I'm. Uh... <laughs> the good news is that morphine drip gave me so many different ideas for bots. <laughs> Look out, 2023. Um, also, you know, if we uh, have any medical malpractice uh, lawyers. Uh... <laughs> You know, who are listening to the pod and uh, want to reach out, you know, uh, do that, I guess, Chris. So there you go. I want to I want to uh, give an actual like serious tip. If you ever find yourself in the hospital and something doesn't feel quite right, speak up for yourself because nurses are doing a great job, but they have a lot of patients and sometimes they're just going to want to give you pain meds to shut you up. When in fact, there's an issue at hand. So always advocate for yourself, even if you think that, you know, you shouldn't be bothering the doctor, shouldn't be bothering the nurse, advocate for yourself because it could literally be the difference between life or death. My, my nurses must have had a lot of patients. <laughs> <laughs> to deal with me. But um, yeah, thank you. I'm back. In full swing, and we appreciate that. Oh, man. All right. Uh, brush with near death and the new baby. So, yeah, a lot of stuff has been going on with uh, our friend group, you guys. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, yeah, now, now, now we are back. And uh, looking forward to bringing you regular weekly episodes uh, as dictated in our new Norwalk Havoc contract. Uh, so, there you go. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have three news items for you today. First up, we're headed to Las Vegas, where BattleBots just wrapped up a special one-day exhibition tournament featuring eight bots, Blip, Cobalt, Hydra, Hypershock, Mad Catter, Scorpios, Tombstone, and Whiplash. The tournament was sponsored by Amazon, which gave free tickets to people attending the Amazon Remars conference. Ultimately, it was Hypershock, which went undefeated in the bracket under the leadership of team captain Will Bales' wife, Alex Bales. Will Bales was busy that night filling in as a guest commentator alongside Chris Rose. BattleBots held a similar one-day competition at Amazon Remars back in 2019, which was live-streamed over Twitch and which was ultimately won by Witch Doctor. BattleBots says it hopes to get the fights up on YouTube in the near future. Uh, I want to take a quick pause here. Did uh, I, and anyone here, did, did we see uh, any fights? I mean, I, I know that uh, Scorpio's Builder blog, I got to see a fight there. Um, I saw a couple of rogue fights uploaded to Instagram, which were really great. Um, it looked it looked awesome. And any any thoughts on the lineup or any of our kind of sneak peeks at, uh, at the footage itself? Yes, I saw quite a few uh, fights uploaded uh, just to like Instagram stories. I think uh, Bunny had a few that she was posting as well. Um, man, this event looked so cool. I uh, think that they had a great lineup. It sounds like it flowed beautifully. It was like a really entertaining live event to attend, which is 
hard to do with these bot competitions because, you know, bots get stuck and, and people have to separate them and things happen. Um, so it sounds like all of that went really, really well. And that makes me super excited and also super annoyed that we have to wait so long to actually see the real footage all edited and put together. But yeah, that's my opinion. I think uh, I think it went great. I'm really excited for live BattleBots going forward based on this uh, positive test. I'm going to ask the question that is on everyone's mind. Um, Hypershock winning, <laughs> is it uh, because of Alex Bales? Uh, is it uh, because Will was busy? You know, like um, Hypershock goes undefeated with a rookie BattleBots driver um pretty wild run for that team uh thoughts thoughts there is it uh, is it a coincidence that that will is uh off doing something else and and his bot starts winning i uh i saw the the one clip that you had shared with uh, me luke on on instagram of uh what looked like um hypershock and tombstone am i right yep that's right uh yikes that was i I you don't really think of Hypershock as an oppressive bot. Uh you think of it as an impressive bot. Um but like that was that was almost like just disassembly <laughs> that I saw in that video. Um so I think it it probably has a lot to do uh with Alex's driving or it has something to do with the fact that somebody made Will Bells wear a suit. Uh, well, you know, I guess I guess we'll have to see uh, next season if if Alex Bales returns as the driver because I mean they've they've had great success here um, at at Remars and um, yeah, like you, very much looking forward to seeing um, her run at uh, at Remars later this year on YouTube. Yeah, and like something to point out, something to point out with that real quick is like. Will the reason Hypershock suffers is because they redesign literally everything, and then a bunch of the stuff they redesign doesn't necessarily work because they have no time to test it. This is like just a slightly improved version of Hypershock that competed in the show, not a complete redesign, from what I understand. They just added some stuff. Um, so you know, and that that one that competed in the show last time was literally the best Hypershock we've seen in years. So in hindsight, it's actually not surprising that Hypershock won this thing. It's pretty cool. In other news, BattleBots will return to the Discovery Channel in early August for a special six-part miniseries called BattleBots Champions. The show follows a similar format to BattleBots Bounty Hunters, which ran last season exclusively on Discovery+. Plus. Every week, eight bots will battle one another to earn a spot in the final episode, where they'll face giant nut winners Tombstone, Endgame, and Tantrum for a brand new trophy, the Golden Bolt. The new show premieres on Thursday, August 4th at 8 p.m. local time. And finally, we're traveling to Norwalk, Connecticut, where Norwalk Havoc founder Austin McCord has been busy making three key additions to the House of Havoc's Combat Robotics Museum. First, acquiring the 1996 Robot Wars Middleweight Trophy, which builder Dan Dannick auctioned off in late April to help raise money for the father of Combat Robotics, Mark Thorpe. Next, Austin also successfully purchased Panic Attack, one of the longest-running robots at Robot Wars, appearing in Series 2 through 7. And finally, Austin purchased yet another BattleBot, which has competed on nearly every season of the reboot. The bot is currently in transit, and Norwalk Havoc will make an official announcement on Reddit once it arrives. So stay tuned for that. And that's it for this week's news. After the break, our interview with Wake and Bake builders Alex Pezza and Angel Vidal. 
This interview is brought to you by MaxAmps and the company's new exclusive line of combat robotics batteries called Max Combat. Max Combat battery packs are built in the U.S. and designed for both durability and performance for combat robotics. Max Combat batteries come with custom wraps, including your team's logo, internal hard skins for extra protection, puncture-resistant wire sleeves, and a custom metal Max box for charging and storage. Check out the Max Combat section at MaxAmps.com. This week on the podcast, we have two very special guests, Wake and Bake Builders, Alex Pezza and Angel Vidal. Alex and Angel both compete on Team Shreddit, the dominant East Coast team responsible for top-tier bots Shreddit Bro, Blackbird, Jackrabbit, Jackmove, Yes Chef, Hurt Caboose, and others. For the last two seasons of BattleBots, the team has also run Pain Train. Earlier this month, Alex and Angel went incredibly deep at Norwalk Havoc, finishing fourth with their multi-bot, Wake and Bake. We're looking forward to learning more about Team Shreddit in the hour ahead, so welcome to the show, Alex and Angel. Hi, Luke. What's up, Luke? Thank you. Hello. I am so stoked to have you guys on. You're two of my favorite builders of all time. I just love your positive energy and... um, just like the like really cool story that you have with all of your bots. So I'm like really, really excited to talk to you and um, and learn about all of them. And especially Wake and Bake, which is, I guess now both of your uh, like most successful bot ever, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that is crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, all right. So whenever we have two people on the show, we like to ask them to introduce one another. So, um, because you guys know one another better than we know you. So, um, maybe Angel, you can start, uh, tell us a little bit more about Alex and if you have any, um, embarrassing facts about him, we would love to hear them. Oh no. Oh no. I don't think I know any, but, uh, anyway, so my teammate, his name is Alex. He's a chef. You may know him from famous robot. Yes, chef. Um, was it seven and two? First time? First time, seven and two, yes. That's that's crazy. Seven and two. Um yes. There you go. That that's my intro. There you go. Alex, tell us about Angel. So Angel is a wee lad who's still in school, getting himself that education. He he's from Boston. Uh I don't really know what his job is. I know he works someplace. Big words. Big words. Yeah, he's an engineer, does all that stuff. Really it's mysterious. Really good at CAD. He's really good at yeah. CAD. Has an affinity for uh, raccoons and other small uh, critters as well. <laughs> and good. all around, good dude. All right. Well, let's let's start with you, the uh, the all around good dude, uh, Angel. You know, like I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, and then we're we're gonna get back uh, like into into Alex's story. But Angel, all right. Let me let me tell you everything I know about you, and let's just start there. So, like, let's see. You currently live outside of Boston, and you're an engineering student, tell me a little bit more about what you're studying right now and how far along you are in school. All right, so uh, I'm studying, or I'm majoring in mechanical engineering, minoring in manufacturing, uh, and I'm a fifth year senior on my last semester. So after this summer semester, I'm graduating. Hopefully we'll get accepted into BattleBots and go straight to Vegas have a nice graduation party. Uh, And what I do for work, um, I'm a product engineer and I work on mass spectrometers. So there's a a handheld mass spectrometer specifically that I work on. Um, And I basically design 
uh, test fixtures to be able to test these spectrometers. Uh, I run a lot of tests on them to make sure that they're running properly, like calibrations and stuff. Uh, and I also just do a lot of basic CAD designing for uh, for those parts and stuff. So, yeah. So wait, what is a mass spectrometer for someone who doesn't know? I mean, obviously I know what it is. Alex of course, knows yeah. what it is. But maybe, yeah. you know, for other people who don't know <laughs> what a mass spectrometer is, what what is that? All right, guys. So a uh, mass spectrometer is basically... I don't want to like say the wrong thing because there's going to be somebody out there. It's like, that's not true. But anyway, uh, to my understanding, a mass spectrometer is basically an electronic nose um, and it can detect chemicals, explosives, drugs uh, in the air on surfaces like clothes. Uh, and actually, if you've been to the Boston Marathon, you would have seen uh, that mass spectrometer that I work on specifically. We have a bunch of different products, but that specific one. Uh, you'll see that uh, mounted on like street poles and like lights, uh, and they're basically taking in the air around them. Uh, takes in that air, heats it up in a tiny chamber to an extreme temperature, uh, and it essentially takes those particles of whatever's in the air, shoots it into the chamber uh, past this little needle that's electrified, and depending on how how much that particle curves as it passes the needle will determine uh, what molecule it is. And it'll tell you pretty accurately, uh, hey, this is a methamphetamine or, and this is a, an explosive. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Crazy to think that we can do that with technology these days. So That's amazing. That's amazing. So, all right. So you're right about to graduate. Uh, what are your plans? Like after you, after you graduate, are you going to stay in mass spectrometers or are you going to become a professional combat robotics builder? Like what's, uh, what's, what's your plan? That's a, that's a good question. So I plan to do, I plan to work full time at this, uh, technically it's a startup. It's been a thing for nine years, but they still consider it a startup. Uh, I'm going to work full time there for a little bit, uh, get my bearing straight as an adult outside of college. Um, I'd like to eventually down the road, like have my own thing going on. Like I want to own my own machine shop and do a lot of fabrication because I love, uh, manufacturing. I love to design. I also want to try and go to trade school for, um, industrial design. Uh, I learned about industrial design like four years after getting into college, which is way too late to switch majors, but not that I would have because mechanical engineering major is a really good thing to have. You can get a lot more jobs with a mechanical engineering degree than you can with a industrial design degree. But it is something I would like to do because again, I love to design stuff. I did design paint train. First robot ever designed. I'm surprised it did as well as it did. Uh, however you interpret that, <laughs> I think it did well. So, hey. I, I, I want to I ask you about that. So you were involved with the body design for pain train version two did you also work on version one or was it just version two nope so to my understanding joe from SME completely designed pain train v1 himself uh and then gave it to evan to build for season five um the way i got roped into this team oh great um is i went to norwalk i think it was my second event with uh anthony d'ambrosio because he was my manager at one point. We both worked in the paintball industry and kind of still do. Um, but he took me along and I was designing some motor harnesses for Blackbird. And we were testing those out that day. So 
uh, I pulled up my iPad and I was designing a, a refined version of that cage on, was it a, it's, it's some CAD program on the iPad. Uh, works really well. I, hopefully you can get their sponsor. Um, and he saw me designing Evan over my shoulder and he's like, hmm, we need a designer on this team. Uh, so he talked to me at the, I think it was after the event, after I got home. Uh, and invited me to the Discord, and we started talking about, uh, hey, we need a designer for Pain Train. Will you be able to help us? And I said, yeah, sure. Let me let me see what we got going on. Uh, they showed me all the CAD from Pain Train V1. Uh, I basically re-engineered it. I took it out of Fusion because I don't use Fusion. I use SolidWorks. That's what I learned. Uh, and I basically remodeled the entire thing uh, from scratch on SolidWorks. Prior to this, I had zero experience in robotics, anything. Like, I, I'm i a mechanical engineer. I don't really do anything with electronics or, like, I've never designed anything bigger than, like, those motor cages for Blackbird. So this was kind of wild to think that all of this weight was on my shoulders to design a good robot for BattleBots. Um, yeah. We all saw what happened on the show, but what's important to me that a lot of people don't really think about is that it performed better than v1 and that's honestly all i could ask for because to say that i improved on a design and it actually held up minus the top plate yeah 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 we get it <laughs> it held up pretty good it had some good hits on a great robot like yeti um i think that's all i'm gonna say because technically yes it's not over. Technically, the season's not over yet, Angel. Don't don't uh, don't violate your uh, your NDA. All right. Um, before 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 we get too much into Pain Train, because I really want to uh, to talk more about Pain Train and its design. Uh, let's see. Uh, you're also a semi-pro paintballer. Pro paintballer is that right? <laughs> I wouldn't say pro. I wouldn't even say semi-pro. I just like to play competitively. So like. The competitive version of paintball is called speedball. Uh, it's super mm. fast paced. You have paintball markers shooting uh, 10.5 balls per second. Uh, basically, it's it's not called full auto. It's called a ramp. It's a pretty much a three round burst, but you're constantly pulling trigger and it's emulating full auto. Uh, not to get too technical, but yeah, super fun. Um, I guess, so this leads naturally to my last question for you before I turn it over to Alex. Um, when are we going to see a paintball robot at BattleBots, Norlock Havoc, elsewhere? You know, when are, when are you building it, Angel? All right, so I won't be able to do anything for BattleBots, I doubt. That's going to be very expensive. Uh, but fun fact, there was a robot on BattleBots that used two Tipex pistols on top of it. And it basically shot uh, little capsules filled with something that when whenever they impacted, it uh, threw sparks everywhere. Um, I don't want to say like a robot name and then get it wrong. So just there's a robot out there. It had paintball guns mounted on top of it. It was pretty cool, uh, though. I yeah. don't think it worked very well. So uh, um, as for a smaller one, I don't know if yeah. projectiles are allowed at Norwalk. I'd have to look at that. Sure, they are. But it would be totally. pretty cool to do small scale. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I mean, listen, it'd be visually stunning, which I feel like is eighty percent of what the cool robots that Norwalk, you know, have. Oh yeah, you gotta agree. You gotta, you gotta bring it. You know what I mean? Um, um, all right, Alex, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about you. 
Um, also, I, I don't know if we could. Uh, do, do you have something buzzing in the background, Alex? Is it a phone? That is a parrot. Oh, it's a parrot! Oh my god! That is a parrot. Alex. Oh my god! Okay, wait a yes. second. You have a bird. You are, wait, that. you have a bird. There's nine of them in my house. What? Oh my There's god. eight, 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 eight of them in my house. Yes. All right. How many parrots are in your room right now? As you're recording this, none. None. <laughs> there aren't, but they're loud. They are very loud. I see. Okay, it sounds like a Sometimes. phone, like vibrating on a table or something. Uh, his name's Elliot. He gets anxious, and that's what he does. Okay, I got it. Got it. I like it, Alex. He's an eclectus for people who are parrot connoisseurs. Nice. Okay. How how did how did you get eight parrots? All right. Like, is this like is this a thing? Like, are you a parrot collector? Like, what what is what is happening here? It's it, it wasn't me. It was my it was my parents. They uh, started with one, then got another. And then we kind of, uh, a majority of them are rescues. Got it. Because they live for a really right. long time. Oh, that's right. So we have a couple that have outlived a couple right. owners. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, there's like parents that live to be like 20, right? Uh, older. We have one currently in the house. His name is Cricket. He was wild caught in the Amazon. He's an Amazon. I believe he's a blue front Amazon. He is approximately in his mid-60s. What? Oh my god, dude! You have a boomer parrot. Yo, he's, yeah, he's quite, he's quite <laughs> my age. Yes, and he doesn't know how to use Facebook, and it's <laughs> it's bad. Listen, if you got that parrot on Facebook, he would immediately just start signing up for uh, QAnon like groups. Like it's probably good, you know. That's uh, all right, all right, Alex. That's that's all right. Already, we're we're off to to a roaring start here with your fun facts. All right, so like you live in New Jersey, you're a sous chef. Uh, like, tell me a little bit more about that. What type of restaurant do you work in? What does a sous chef do? Like, tell me about your, like your, your day to day. So I'm basically a glorified manager who makes food. That's not really true. Got it. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just the second in charge underneath the head chef. And I kind of make sure that he can be creative, get stuff done, does his orders. But I, tend to do more of the paperwork stuff if the executive chef's not doing it. We have an executive chef who processes all the orders and stuff like that, but when he's not there, I'm in charge. I, I, I do the orders. I create dishes so, and as well as he him. And his name's Peyton, and he actually drove me to my first competition, which I'm thankful for. He's come to four of them with me. Just doesn't have anything in the sport. Just knew it was something that I, I've been working with him for six seven years and he knew it was something i wanted to do and he jokingly in passing the one day just told me if you ever build a robot and compete i will go with you to the first competition and i hit him up the week of wow that i finished yes chef and that i was going to be competing in connecticut that saturday and he said oh cool i'll let my wife know and two days later we were riding in his truck at five o'clock in the morning to go to my first ever Norwalk, expecting to be leaving on the way home by two o'clock. And I was there till like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you went seven and two, seven and two. Yeah. It was a, it was a wow. banger day. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, no restaurants, Daddio's Long Beach Island, New Jersey. Uh, it is a classic Americana restaurant, which is just a fancy way of saying we got a lot of seafood on our menu. Nice. That's good. Scallops. We have a snapper. We just add it. Uh, we got, we just changed our menu for the summer because it's our season. We're a seasonal place. 
Nice, nice. Nice place. Um, I I remember your your run with Yes Chef, and it was wild. Like, like you started off literally. We we had never seen you before. You showed up with like this robot that looked like it was cut out of like like cut by hand out of like cutting boards. You know, it from was. the kitchen. It was. And it was like win after win after win after win. It was thrilling to watch. It was incredible. Like it, your yours was one one of the most memorable rookie runs that I've ever seen at Norwalk. And and like you've just you've just been on a tear like ever since. And uh, it's really cool that 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 you qualified uh, for December. But um, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna learn more about that. But let's see. First, let's see. You have a twin brother, is that right? I've I've seen, seen yes. your brother on the chat before. Name is Vincent Peza. Nice. He goes by Caster. Got it. Um. Yeah, and he's a fan of it as well. He wants to. Uh, he wants to build a robot eventually, but financially, it's not on the cards for him right now. He's other hobbies and interests that he invests in. Got it. Got it. But uh, I'm gonna try to get him. I'm gonna try to get him to go to May 2023 if it is an experimental event again. Nice. So first timers. Um, and then you you previously worked at Disney World um, in a variety of roles. You were also like a <laughs> uh, a, a tour guide, you know, at uh, the Great Hollywood. Wait, what? What is it? The Great Movie Ride. Great Movie. The great ride. Movie Ride. Yeah. Yes. All right. So here, here's all right. I have always wanted to work at Disney, and I feel like it's a dream come true. So, like, tell me, like, a little bit more. What was it like working as like basically a ride operator, like, at Disney? So when you work for Disney, there is a facade that they put forward that when you're a cast member, first you're called a cast member. You're not an employee, right? And when you go off on your break, you're backstage. And when you're out on the stage, you're putting on a show and you are creating magic for all of their guests who come in and enjoy it. And you get to do some crazy stuff. Uh, you see someone, uh, you see a little kid uh, trip and hurt his knee. You could give him a little card that allowed him to get a free ice cream. You see wow. uh, someone got their shirt wet from something. You can, you had the ability as an employee, as an employee for their company to make any wrongs right without seeking anybody higher than you. They gave their employees a lot of power to do incredible things in the moment. You had the ability to give away fast passes to any ride. Wow. It was a master fast pass. So if there was a family having a bad time, you could wrong a right with just a simple card. Wow. It was, it's, they are the best company that I've ever had the privilege of working for. And it was a short time. Yeah. It was a great time. And I met some yeah. s- truly awesome people when I worked there. Yeah. I, uh, we, we, we were, we, we realized this like before we started recording, but it looks like you worked at Disney World at the same time that Matt Spurk from Kraken worked at Disney World. And like, there is a very good possibility that you met Matt yes. while you were working there. Cause Matt, Matt was working as a, like a ride tester and you worked with the ride testers, right? Yes. Yeah, so I would see them every night if I was closing. So if you ever worked on the magic carpets of Aladdin or the great movie ride, there's a chance I saw you, Matt. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. We're, we're going to have to check notes there. That'd be really, really cool. Um, <laughs> I I want to I want to like kind of transition a little bit more and learn about Wake and Bake. So 
Um, can can you describe Wake and Bake? Whose idea was it first? Maybe maybe you could just describe it for someone who didn't see your run at Norwalk this month. I'll let Angel go. All right. So uh, yeah, I'll go for it. So Wake and Bake, um, it didn't start as one person's idea. So I wanted to make a one pound shredder bro called Baby Bro. And Alex wanted to make a one pound Yes Chef called Tiny Chef. And we were like, huh, why don't we just make a multi-bot, two two-pound versions of our robots, and just fight them, just for fun, like as a joke. Uh, and w- I don't really, you might have to talk about this, Alex, I don't really remember how we came up with the name Wake and Bake. I don't either. It was a, so for this me, this was a journey, for me, this was a journey that started in September of last year. Actually, August. So, Finger Tech, middle of the summer, announced that they were releasing a one-pound beater bar. And I'm very inquisitive when it comes to things. So, I bought a couple of them. Curtis reached out to me literally that night. I ordered them, and he said, are you doing what I think you're doing? Because I bought two sets of motors, two (laughs) sets of beater bars, because I initially planned on doing this as a two-pounder, because I knew Norwalk gave you the one-pound weight bonus. And then... uh, some life stuff happened and I was working and I, my sister got married, went to California, all that stuff. So I just had all this stuff sitting on the side. And then, uh, December ish, this, I, I get invited. I got, I joined team shredding and then I get invited to the discord and then me and angel start talking. And it turns out we have a lot in common and we enjoy a lot of the same things. So we're talking a bunch and then, He's like, ah, I got this one pound beater bar. I want to make a tiny shred it, bro. And I was like, no way. I want to make a tiny yes chef. Let's run them together as two pounders. And then Norwalk said they're doing the May event for first time robots. So like, we're going to jump on that. But we wanted to have a code name because we didn't want people to know that it was a tiny shred it, bro. And a tiny yes chef. And somewhere along the line, someone said wake and bake. And it stuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we just rolled with it, and oh, we didn't even make a wake and bake channel in the Discord until after the event. We only made That's that how, like two weeks ago. <laughs> it was so not solidified. The, it was one of those things where I thought it was a joke, and then Angel hits me up, and he's like, "Catting yeah. a tiny baby bro," and I saw it, and I decided to uh, buy the the necessary necessary materials I needed to make. My half, which is baked. And the other thing that's interesting about him is the color scheme. So, Wake is purple. Yeah, there is Lord because Shre- that's right. There is. So, the first version of Angel's robot was her caboose, and he had a red her caboose. And blue and red makes purple. Mm. I made a tiny Yes Chef. Nice. And Yes Chef was yellow, and Team Shredder's colors are blue. Blue and yellow makes green. Mm. That's another. I think that's actually where the color that's, came from. That's when at we least found where out green that, came from. That's where yeah. the green came from from the bake part. Yeah, because everyone knows a baker's favorite right, color is so green. You, you got to tell me the truth. <laughs> uh, you, you got you got to tell me the truth. It, did you expect to get a December? Like, did you just did you get to, did you expect to qualify for December, 
Or did you think that Wake and Bake were just going to get destroyed in like the second or third round? Like, honestly. I did not expect to make the finals at most. <laughs> I personally thought we would win maybe one or two fights. One at most I, if we got lucky. Yeah. I was hoping for a two and two. I, that's really what I was hoping for. I was yeah, let's just two break wins, even. Two losses, break even, have a couple really good banger fights. I had previously done testing yeah. with another robot, be careful what you wish for, in March to see if these if the ant weight bars from Finger Tech could even hold up in the three pound weight class. And two of the fights they did okay, and two of the fights they failed spectacularly. So I had really no hope mm. going into this event with the smaller robots, with running the smaller bar. Yeah. I, you know, like the, the multibot concept is really interesting. Um, you know, like I, I feel, I feel like when, when you typically see multibots, you see stuff like, um, stop hitting yourself or polyester at Norwalk Havoc, where it's like two really powerful weapons, right. Or like Gemini, for example, at BattleBots, two really powerful weapons. And like one of the challenges is when you run two robots, you're trying to land pins on your larger opponent and if you have two really strong weapons you can hurt yourself you know what i mean um and like i think the most brilliant thing that you did with wake and bake is turned one one robot into a plow and the other robot into a weapon and like land pins and then attack like i just think i think that 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 is the smartest thing you could possibly do with the multibot so i'd love to hear a little bit about that strategy other people asked about the strategy too, so like maybe we'll we'll get into it a little bit later. But like I'd love to I'd love to hear about how that performed for you. Yeah, it's actually funny that you say all that stuff about multibots generally running both weapons. That wedge idea, I literally catted it up two days before the event, or two days before I left the event for the event on Friday. Um so it was extremely last second. I was like, I don't really like how this beater bar is doing with a a one-pound weapon motor because Alex is running a full three-pound motor in his. Uh, so we don't really need a second one. So I was like, let me just do a wedge. I've never driven a control bot before. It might be better for us. Uh, and then now we're here. <laughs> I guess that wedge was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I like that Ains were in the wedge because... He was, it allowed me to drive in the chaotic manner that I'm used to because I, I drive like, I I like to chase down people. I drive like a madman and my robots are really floppy and go all over the place. And because he made his robot out of TPU, I was able to hit it with Bake's weapon and he would just fly away with minimum, literally no damage. He would just bounce off of me. Wake was a tank and I intend to keep it that way. But um, something you might have noticed in our second fight with Inside Job, uh, Joe of Smee's robot, I did. That was the first and only time I used my beater bar configuration for Wake. And you would have, yep, right. Well, they can't see that, but um, you would have noticed that my weapon didn't run for the entire match. Uh, so the weapon didn't stop working. I just made the conscious decision to not run it, which is not good. That will generally get you a lot of points off. But I don't think there is really a point because as soon as it made contact, it would stop spinning and it would take a while to spin back up. So I took the risk. I stopped running it. 
uh, heard a little bit that people, few people thought we shouldn't have won that match. And honestly, I'm not going to disagree with them because that was a really like, that match could have gone both ways. It was split decision if I remember correctly, but me purposely not using my weapon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely something I probably won't do anymore. Um, it's a good match though. We got to fight Joe twice, which is really fun. I got to fight him three times. We took him down to the loser's bracket and then we took him out permanently. <laughs> I I really loved Inside Job. Like I thought it's the most effective crusher I've ever seen at the Beetleweight scale. Because typically you have to like engineer a ton of stuff in, like to make a really great crusher. But like that really interesting twisting yeah. motion was just so smart. Like, I love Joe's designs. Yeah. Inside Job has probably caused the best knockout of one of my robots that I've ever had that people don't realize when I tapped out at the end of the fight with Zip Tide. Yeah. So Joe got a hold of me, and his crusher went all the way down to the point where he couldn't ratchet it back. (laughs) So after some investigation, what turned out happened was his beak went through my top armor to the bottom of my robot, and had just enough clearance to reach my drive ESC. Yeah. And the beak pushed down on the reset button to reflash it and bricked my robot. <laughs> Dude. That's hilarious. Wow. So in Joe incredible. Fabiani's so in Joe Fabiano's word, it was literally an inside job. <laughs> That's incredible. There you go. He fulfilled but he turned his, my robot uh, off from the inside. That's literally what happened in that fight. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I love Joe. Joe He's such Joe an makes, innovative designer. Joe is probably my favorite builder. When I yeah. walk into a Norwalk event and I see him walk in and sits down and I, once I see he's settled, I'm always excited to go over and talk to him to see what he's brought. Whether it is some, it's always some type of crazy drive. Yeah. Which is my favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to, so before we get into listener questions, because we're almost there, I want to ask you a little bit about Team Shreddit. So like, um, it it is it is an emerging super team i would say and like there are so many great builders on the team i would love to hear from you about you know what the dynamic is like inside of the team kind of what keeps the team together what's the kind of feel on the team um how much knowledge you share like that kind of stuff maybe i can start with you angel like can you describe Team Shredded to somebody who hasn't, you know, like maybe is not super familiar with it? Like wh- what is the team and, and how does it work? Yeah, of course. So Team Shredded, I feel like it's not that we don't take things seriously, but we're such a laid back team. And uh, our, our inside joke is that we're hashtag family, uh, Fast and Furious meme. But we we really are a family. Uh, we put each other first. Um, we have each other's backs. So if anybody outside of the team is giving us trouble, uh, the rest of the team will come and support that person. And everybody on the team has their own job. Uh, we're never going to overwork somebody, have somebody do more than one thing. So uh, like we said earlier, I did most of the designing for Pain Train V2 this year. And Brandon did as well. So. Brandon and I are graduating this year, um, and Evan, he really cares about like us getting our education done. He wants us to finish off on a strong note uh, before hopefully going to Vegas. So he wants us to sit back on the CAD design uh, this time around 
and we're going to have two new members of the team, which are amazing designers, uh, Remy and Corey. Uh, they're going to take lead on Pain Train V3. And I love that because every Pain Train has been designed by a completely different person at this point. So you'll get a, a little taste of their style of designing. Um, God, they build such awesome robots. So I'm really excited to see uh, what they end up coming up with. We have done some CAD already. Uh, there is a full model prototype that we, we've done, but I guarantee you it's not going to be the final product. Uh, it's going to be way better. There's a, I have a lot of faith in our team this year. Uh, we're coming back strong. If we improved after Season 5, we're going to improve even more after uh, this last Season 6. So, yeah, I'm really excited for this team. Amazing. Alex, you know, like from from your perspective, what is Team Shredded? How does it work? Like what makes it special? So coming into Team Shredded is someone who's basically a backyard builder, hand tools, saws and everything like that. There's people like Angel on the team and Corey and we got Remy. There are all these guys who are proficient in CAD and can make a, an incredible model in like an hour and have something that's done. And it, the, the, uh, the design ethos of every individual member of the team is insane. So you got the top, which is uh, Evan Arias. He is an aggressive driver, and he's one of the most caring people that I know. Uh, he'll hit me up. He'll call me every once in a while just to check in to see if everything's okay, how things are going with the team. Uh, he always, if he's in the area and he sees you're about to fight, he'll stand right next to you and give you pointers during a fight. And then you go down the tier. There's uh, Gennady. Gennady is a wizard. He is insane at what he's ever able to do. He is this. If you have a broken robot and Gennady can get hands on it, you will have a working robot within 30 minutes. And he does some incredible things for us. You have Angel. Angel's, uh, Angel's new to robotics, but he's made her caboose, which went insanely, did insanely well at Motorama. And now he's got Hype Train, which is going to be a thing once it gets working. <laughs> it will be a thing. We saw some of the hits yeah. it could do. Uh, then you got that Ant was just a joke yeah. this past month. And then we got Anthony D'Ambrosio. He does some of our merch stuff and all that stuff. But like he's got Blackbird, which is in another insane beater bar that we have on our team. And then you got Remy de Guzman. He has Wicked Wedge, which is such an interesting and cool uh, design on a control bot. And then he's got a one pound robot called Mud Skipper, which is insane. It's a shuffler, got little walking feet. Uh, then you got Drew Davis. The man is a one-man machine. The amount of work that he could do on one robot by himself, not to mention he shows up with his family, and then he's working on the robots too. And you walk over, and he's so cool and calm and collected, eating a cheeseburger, just busting out a <laughs> robot. And he's like, oh, hey, man, do you just help me carry this to it? And you just go down and watch them do work with every robot he built. Two of them, I'm missing Brandon Unger. Bunger. Is, uh, Bunger. Bunger. Uh, he's great, dude. He has a uh, shredded no vibroid, and he he's he's uh super he's super sweet, almost cursed. He's super sweet. Uh, he's a genuine dude, and he's so knowledgeable. He's one of the smartest people I know, and he's super interesting. He's great. Who am I missing? Am I missing anybody? Corey. Corey. Santana. Corey. Oh yeah. So yeah, Corey. We have Corey. I don't know his real last name. <laughs> I do. We got Corey. But he's he's told me not to. Not to say. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, let's not give okay, that yeah. out. Yeah. So we have the mysterious Corey. Pazzo Regazzo. Yeah, Pazzo Regazzo. We got uh, Corey, top, top, Topsy Secret. Uh, 
he has made some of the coolest miniature versions of actual battle bots. He had a death roll, a miniature death roll. He has uh, his mini cop, or uh, yeah, he's a mini copperhead. He's been fighting his diamond back. Uh, he's a he can cad faster than any other person. Absolutely, that I know. He is a machine, and he makes some of the most beautiful, pleasing looking robots to look at. The aesthetic of his robots is insane. And then we got uh, our own pro wrestler, king of a man, Santana out in the Midwest, and he's been doing work at the lower weight classes with one pounders. And he's got a couple three pounders that are nothing to, uh, you know, did you work? Everybody on our team is a heavy hitter in some way. If you wind up on the other side of the box against someone on Team Shreddit, there's a good chance your robot's going to need some fixing by the end of the fight. We can't forget yeah. about the most important team member, Luke. <laughs> oh, Luke, our own very Luke. Yeah. 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 The you are a guy. Team Shreddit member. This is a yeah. Team Shreddit. Yeah, this I, is a team shredded party. I do, I do own a a shredded clone um, that G built for me, and it's gorgeous. It works great, um, and I am terrified to compete with it. So uh, that is my own journey that I'm on. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I am. I'm gonna help out with sponsorships. You know, uh, with with Pain Train this season. Um, once uh once BattleBots yes. gets announced, hopefully it gets announced at some point. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I am uh, totally honored to be on the team and certainly the least qualified. Um, all right, let me uh let me jump into listener questions. Speaking of uh, so many of these these wonderful people, many of them sent sent in questions for you. So uh, we're gonna start with uh with our captain, Pain Train Captain Evan Arias. Who wants to know who is your favorite team captain in the sport? All right, Alex, I'll let you take this one. Probably Philippe from uh, part of my French. Definitely uh, my favorite captain. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, good. they're great. They're great good. people. But realistically, if we're going with good. it, Evan is a great team captain to have in your corner. And if we're going with non Evan Arius, this is your team captain. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Jamison Go and the way he drives his team. Uh, yeah, Aaron Hill. Yeah, it's incredible that he was able to. Oh my God, I love Aaron. Wrestle that many people, and he's such a nice guy. He's personable. So chill. Answered any questions we had. Super chill. That's for me. Probably those two. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. How about you, Angel? All right, Evan. Uh, you're my favorite captain, obviously. Uh, he he's a great captain. Um, again, family. He's he's like a brother to us. Uh, he's my dad, my robot dad. Um, outside of Shreddit, though, I would probably say uh, Chuck Yu Huang of Team Orby. Oh my God, Orby has got to be my favorite robot of all time. He's yeah. an amazing designer. Like I said earlier, I'm all about design. I love to design, and one day I hope to be able to design as beautifully as he does because. His robots just look from one pound all the way to heavyweight two fifty. They just look like they were made in a factory, like mass produced. They're beautiful, um, and like surprisingly, he does a lot of that stuff on his own machinery, on his own personal machines. Like he doesn't really outsource a lot of the stuff, uh, as far as I know. Um, but for what he has, wow, beautiful robots. Yeah, yeah. He built like his own CNC machine. Um, like he has a whole machine shop like inside of his house um 
and yeah like everything he builds is the dream so branded you know like you know when you look at it oh i'm looking at orby like product you know um which is really really cool um Evan has let's see, a follow-up question. This is actually really good. Maybe I'll start with you this time, Angel. What other robots would you make outside of combat robotics? So if you weren't building a killer robot, what kind of robot would you build? That is a really good question. Kind of a difficult one. Um, I don't know if this counts, but electronic skateboards use pretty much the same internals that we use in Pain Train. We use skateboard motors to run Pain Train's weapon and drive, uh, and we use pretty much this uh same escs as well so probably one day i'd like to build uh my own e-board because it's pretty much right there with uh robotic stuff so that'd be pretty cool i don't know if that counts though so don't get mad <laughs> no that counts how, how, how about how about you alex so one of the weird things i'm into is long distance autonomous vehicles whether it be water or by land and it's there's a couple people on YouTube who have videos where they build small little boats and they're programming them to make 20-mile journeys by themselves in the water. And I don't know why. I just think that's really interesting yeah. that you can make something small and like that that is functional enough to be able to just go off on its own and see the world and collect data all by itself. Just a, just a little cool. robot boat. Yeah. Something like that. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. Um, Evan also writes, quote, I also want to say I'm extremely proud of you two. Absolutely some of the finest builders and drivers I've ever seen. Watching the growth from you two has been an amazing ride. I'll always be behind you and that little voice in your ear. It takes teamwork to make the dream work and I'll always be there to support your dreams. I'm happy to call you to my family and I'm looking forward to seeing what's to come in the future. Hashtag team shred it. Hashtag family. Hashtag bunger. All right. <laughs> Evan, thank you. Bunger. Um, all right. Uh, Pain train. Team member Drew Davis, who runs Jackrabbit, um, Hyena, and Jack Move, and among other bots at Norwalk. Uh, he writes, what's up, fellas? You two are the most enthusiastic builders who still value fun above all, and it's great to be reminded of that. Okay, question number one. Wake and Bake was intended as a joke. Now it's clear that it's a serious contender. What are the pressures that come along with having a serious contender in Wake and Bake? I think the thing about Wake and Bake that's interesting now is me and Angel drove together for the first time when we entered that box. We found out that like there's we kind of gel pretty well together and they weren't perfect. They were thrown together and now we have the ability and the backing to make these things properly dangerous. Hmm. Uh Bake was capable of doing some weapon on weapon hits with some heavy hitters at that event. So I think it would be fun to go into the arena with some of these people that and cause some upsets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me now that we're quote unquote serious contenders uh, is to just not forget why we're doing this. And it's to have fun. You know, these two robots, uh, the idea was, We've said it a million times. We'll say it again. It was a joke. It was just for fun. Like, we just happened to do good with them. And uh, we're not going to, like, get all serious about it and not have fun doing it anymore. We're going to continue to make some wacky robots, uh, improve upon those designs that we started with. And we're just going to keep having fun with them. Uh, whether we win or not, 
I think something, a goal for us, this is a good one. A goal for us is that if we win the finals, we're taking Wake and Bake to, to BattleBots next year. Yes. 2023 Wake and Bake. Woke and Broke. <laughs> yeah. 2023 Wake. Let's go. Woke and Broke. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> announcement for that. But yeah. And I've talked to some, I've talked to some of the builders from other teams and they've, they have also brought up the idea of, have you thought about making Wake and Bake a 250? Well, first of all, these are fresh, like slow down, but that would be pretty cool. Not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that idea. So I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw it in there. You know, like I'd love <laughs> to see, I'd love to see it scaled up personally. You know, I think that the, the flexible control bot coupled with the really destructive spinner is a really interesting dynamic and it just would make the battle box like it would create a new kind of element inside of the battle box that we just haven't seen from a multibot ever in modern battle bots so i think that's pretty pretty cool um all right angel uh, let's stick with you for this kind of second half of the question what's a lesson that you took from a previous build that you're going to try to incorporate when moving forward with your many future robots um Personally, for me, I just need to up my skills uh, on all the electronic stuff. Uh, I, I do like to do all the designing and building and stuff, but I'm not the best at electronics. I have G help me with a lot of that stuff. Uh, Corey as well, Brandon. I ask him a lot of questions about electronics. They explain to me like how all the stuff works. Like, hey, why do I need a 35 amp ESC for this setup? rather than the 20 I was running before. And they'll just give me the answer straight up. They'll explain to me why. Um, and that's another thing I like about this. Uh, if I had never started doing robotics, I wouldn't be learning all this stuff. Mm. And it's really like teaching me a lot of stuff. Like, I don't think I would have known how to solder at all if I didn't start doing robotics because it's just not something I would have had to do. But soldering is one of my favorite things now. It's so fun. I don't know why I enjoy it so much, but it's so fun. Uh, to just solder up all the electronics. I think it's the satisfaction of having making something with your own hands and seeing it work for the first time. It's it's just really satisfying. But yeah. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Is there like something that you learned when building a previous robot that you're carrying into future robots? So every robot I've built has gotten better than the last that I've built. Because I started from scratch. I had I, I had saws, I had drills. And like for this last one, I bought a table saw. So now I'm able to make straight cuts of long pieces of UHMW that aren't all wobbly and wampus from being cut with a handsaw or a bandsaw or something like that. Um, wake or bake, this version of bake was my first foray into brushless drive. And I'm starting to realize that I like driving really fast robots. Mm. So I think my robots are going to progressively start to get faster. But I'm also starting to learn how to CAD. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully, I know how to build a robot and I know how to make a robot durable. So now I'm going to start and get into more little custom-y bits with them. And I'm hoping to have some tanks when I'm done. Mm. The, the robots I'm going to be coming back with in the fall, I'm going to be, I'm going to be something. 2023 is going to be something for me. I see it coming. Nice. Nice. 
I'm stoked about that. Um, all right. Uh, we've got a question here from P1 team member Tony D'Ambrosio, who runs Blackbird. Uh, he writes, congratulations on your amazing run at the last event. I'm super proud to have had a front row seat for your personal growth and success at NHRL. You guys are two of the rising stars in this league. You've both seen individual success with various other Beetleway bots. What do you feel are your greatest accomplishments outside of Wake and Bake? So greatest accomplishments other than Wake and Bake. Uh, Alex, maybe we can start with you. But NHRL, well, we've already talked about my first event. It was a good run. But for me, it was probably the second time I showed up. Because mm. that was that was the whole thing. It was like, was the first event a fluke? Mm. And my very first fight was against Evan Arias with Shredded Pro, and I beat him. Yeah. And then immediately after that, my second fight was against Polywog, and I lost that. Who did I fight third? I don't remember. I, don't know. I had two more fights. I went two and two that event. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had a really hard strength to schedule at that event, and that made me realize that I could hang with some of these heavy hitters. And that's kind of, that event was really a turning point for me, building robots. Yeah. That if I put a little more time in, a little more energy and figure actually took the time to kind of figure it out, I could actually do this. And for me that was that. That's huge. That's huge. How about how about how about you, Angel? Outside of Wake and Bake, greatest accomplishment? I'm assuming it's pain trained V two. That's like pretty heavy lift, you know? But <laughs> uh I wouldn't say that. But uh yeah, big Tony from Boston, thanks for the question. Uh anyway. Um, I think my biggest accomplishment would be Hurt Caboose because the robot that I like to forget about, Archangel, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. Uh, last November 2021, uh, right after BattleBots, I wanted to fight my first ever robot. I've designed Pain Train, but I haven't ever designed and fought my own Beetleweight. So I, on my free time, I designed... Uh, uh, a plain white beater bar robot. Um, and dear God, it did horribly. I got matched up with Clyde for the first time it's ever seen in a rock event. I love Clyde, but I will never, ever want to fight a flame robot ever again after that. The trauma is real. Um, yeah, it destroyed my robot that first event. I didn't have any spares. I didn't have any help because um, a lot of teams shred it. Even Evan Arias, uh, they weren't there for that event. It was just me, Drew, and Brandon. Brandon was off doing uh, staff stuff. Of course, Drew is working on three bots, as he always does, and he's a champ. So I let him do their thing, and I was just like, you know what? I think I might just sit this out and take the L and learn from this. Uh, and then I came back strong early 2022 uh, with Motorama. So the plan was to come to Norwalk. Um, with Hercaboose and fight there first, but Norwalk got canceled, so we had to go to Motorama before that in February. And my first three fights, I just I cleared through them. And I think one of the really big fights to me, at least, was uh, Warhard. Oh my God, he builds such beautiful robots. Uh, yeah, you've probably seen the the most recent Warhard on Facebook. And that yeah. thing with the titanium bar, wow, that thing is beautiful. And it was a close match. I think I got really lucky because uh, I snipped his belt and his his weapon stopped spinning. So that I think that's what won me the fight. But for the first time 
coming back from like a terrible robot that Archangel was, going three and zero, it felt pretty good. So I think that's my greatest accomplishment, uh, and hopefully I can keep um, her caboose positive. It's positive right now. Hopefully it never goes negative. Uh, yeah, that's we'll keep awesome. it up. Um, we've got a question here from Andrew Freetag who wants to know. You guys mentioned Wake and Bake was going to see some upgrades that you'll show off later in the season. Can you talk about those upgrades? Andrew wants to know what is coming later this year for Wake and Bake. So, um, there's probably not too much we want to give away. Um, I I will say I'm going to stay control bot. I'm not going to venture into I'm not going to venture back into weapons uh, because I think the formula that should be used is have one control bot and one attacking bot um it seemed to do good so i'm going to keep doing that i might do different configurations of a control bot uh that's as much as i'll say um we will be testing some stuff at, at november uh but you never know december might be completely different than what we had before uh there's a lot of stuff we have to figure out we have seven months so we have plenty of time to figure it out but um yeah I'm excited for what we have planned. All right. Our uh, favorite toy store manager from Cooperstown, Tom Farkas, uh, who runs First Drink of the Day at Norwalk, wants to know, who was your favorite robot to get suplexed by this month? Cheeky question, Tom. What's First Drink of the Day? <laughs> that is my favorite moment. That is my favorite moment from that event. Yeah. Of that day. Absolutely. Best fight of the day. So it was funny. So we're at the match. Tom sat in that. Tom was right next to us. He was our pit neighbor the entire event. And they're such a a sweet man. And he's so kind. And he was so nervous. And it was amazing to watch the day he was having. Because he comes walking up the stairs, sitting down to us with this pile of parts after his first fight. And I'm just telling him, I was like, you "You just got to put it back together, man. And like, just telling him like we've been there before. Like, it happens. You can rebuild. You have it, and he just went on. He went. He had a he had a nice little tear in the middle of the event through the losers bracket. Got a we can rebuild. Couple wins and bought some hard bots, and he was running off of spares, and he had these indestructible RC car wheels for some reason from like the early two thousands mm-hmm. from a Traxxas car. Oh wow! And yeah. uh, we're standing next to him, and he he's looking at us because he's tired and he wants to go home, where everybody gets at at that point of the day during your first Norwalk, where like you're like, why am I winning? <laughs> I just want to. I want this to end. I just want this to end. And we're talking. We're joking around. And I'm holding Bake, and Angel's standing next to me. And like they turn to go to their side, and he goes, "Yo, man, your bottle totally fit through the forks on the front." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I think they might. I think I'll go head oh on." Oh my god, yeah. And I did. And then I got the most su- perfect suplex happened to my robot, and I was cheering and. Angel was cheering, and I heard everybody else just all yell at the same time, and the energy from everybody at that moment it was, was great. beautiful. That was my favorite moment of that day, was just watching my robot just get flopped. It was perfect. It was a textbook. Yeah. Suplex. Yeah. It was so good. It was so It was great. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Tom, Tom is one of my favorite people. Like, um, he's always the last person in the stands. Like, he drives down from Cooperstown the morning of stays until literally two o'clock in the morning. He's like the last actual fan. Cause you know, like the builders that kind of like, like make up the audience at the end of the night. Yeah. And he always comes over and talks to us like the very end of the night, two 30 in the morning. And he's just pumped. And like 
to see him go so deep in his first competition was amazing. And to do it with a control bot too. Awesome. Like incredible. Yeah. And, and it was after he got ghost raptored. Yeah. Absolutely. In the first round. Yeah. Properly. Like that's a, that is a term now in that sport of your robot being eviscerated in a single hit. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm amazed he got it back together. Um, so yeah, that was that was awesome. Tom has a couple other questions. Uh, he wants to know how tricky was it to coordinate driving, and what tips would you give to a new builder and a driver? So, coordinating driving, driving tips, building tips for Tom. All right, Tom. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. We didn't really go into this with a plan for driving. Um, it's it's pretty easy to tell. I wasn't driving too well and the reason why is because that wedge that plow at the front uh i guess it was adding a lot of drag and it was making it really easy for me to drift uh but as the day went on i started to learn how to control it a little bit better um for the most part though like we didn't go into the fight saying this is how we're gonna drive like all we did at the beginning beginning was like decide who's gonna um box rush first like what'd be more effective to have box rush uh plow or a weapon and then after that it was just whatever happened happened um but tips for a new builder um i'm not the greatest at tips alex you wanna wanna give some tips um just build something Mm. there's so many things on youtube there's so many resources there's so many groups and just ask questions we're not mean if anything, we're the nicest group of people in the world, and then we destroy <laughs> each other's toys. That's Absolutely. what we do. Yeah, it is. Um, you're the, always welcome at the team shredded table. Uh, yeah, I'm, always welcome. Yeah, I'm really happy we had you there for the for the duration of the day. It's it great cool to see your journey. Yeah, yeah, we will help you with anything you need. That's the biggest thing, biggest piece of advice that we can give is just don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, this is one of the kindest communities ever. Uh, you can hop in the Discord. If you have a question, ask. Message me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, message me on Facebook or Instagram. If you see me, if I have the ability to help you, it may not be instantly, but I'll get back to you within a day. Yeah, it's the whole team too. It's not just us. I want more people to do this. I, it, you, you don't understand how easy this is. You just have to do it, and you just show up, and you might go home with a robot that's destroyed, but then you build it again, and you show up, and then you get a couple wins. It there's nothing like the three minutes you get when your robot's in that box and you hear that countdown. Yeah, yeah. It is a special kind of adrenaline that you come in, your hands get sweaty. Every night before an event, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I show up, and I have the time of my life with some of the greatest people that I wouldn't have never met otherwise because we all have the same love of metal-on-metal destruction that was created in the early 1990s underneath a bridge in long beach california yeah I now that. that's we're here inspiring i love it i love it, alex all right uh we've got a question here from mario cast who writes congratulations three clapping emojis alex and angel at nhrl for december what inspired your team name oh um so i just really like to drink coffee i'm a coffee connoisseur mm. uh i also wake up very early to drink that coffee Got what it. about what about you, Alex? What about bake? Uh, I, I, as a sous chef of a restaurant, I'm also responsible for most of our desserts. So I spend a majority of my time baking. I made mm-hmm. lava cakes today. I made 
100 lava cakes today. Wow. And oh they're delicious. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. That's great. Um, there you go. <laughs> Mario's second question is being a multibot team is challenging. Are you guys going to practice and develop any signature moves like shake and bake moves? Will y'all design and build other multibots Ooh. in other weight classes? So practice, probably not possible, right? It's not practical, I would yeah, say. Yeah, we're, we're too far to practice. Yeah. I don't even practice, practice for my... It, yeah. It's, I don't even practice for my real bot. That's the, one of the weird things people don't know, but I don't practice driving it's, at all. It's really I, strange. I build a robot, yeah, I put it down, and then I'll turn it on, and I'll drive it for like 30 seconds, go, okay, that works, and then I'll turn it off. And then I get the weapon working, and I make sure the weapon works, and then that's it. And I show up, yeah. spin it in the test box, and then I fight. I, I don't really test drive them. Something really important to think is you want to train how you fight. You can't really do that with robots because you're building a robot to fight in an event. If you train like you fight, which is fighting another robot, your robot's going to get destroyed before it gets to the event. Mm. So it's kind of hard to be able to practice not really driving. You can drive it around and do some maneuvers and stuff, get control of it. But you can't really test your robot to the full extent without destroying it unfortunately yeah. uh yeah you can hit some blocks of wood or 3d printed garbage that you don't need anymore but you're not going to have that like pressure of oh my god somebody else is attacking me while i'm trying to attack them so there's never really like a good way to do that unless you just have all the money in the world and can build all the robots you want uh go for it but most mm -hmm. people can't so how Good about question. other weight classes 12s 30s i know we already talked about the 250 but Ooh. uh i don't know a 12 would be a pretty good scale up if I we come in to. second if we come in yeah. second we're gonna do a 12 pounder <laughs> okay Let's go. you heard it here first okay yep. okay <laughs> uh, all right Drew monteith writes what's up guys congrats on the killer driving and your overall awesome performance last norwalk how often do you have to replace the ant weight beater bar due to bending this event? Good question. That's a good question. So in March, when I first ran the ant weight beater bar, I went through two of them. Okay. Uh, the first one was hit by uh, Shredded Bro. And the way that happened was I was upside down and he wasn't. And his weapon spinning up hit the bar and just bent it like a little taco. Mm. Just a little V. Destroyed it, bent the bar and everything. Uh, the second robot that destroyed it was Jackrabbit, because both of my team members destroyed that robot that event. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it was Drew Davis's kids, which Drew Davis's kids drive so well, it's scary. And that little mini bot bug is insane. They have no remorse. <laughs> uh, same thing. It was a vertical spinner, hit the center of the bar, and it bent it. So what I decided to do for this version of Bake, which is what I also do on Yes Chef, is... Most people, when they build their three-pound beater bar robots that are plain white and a shredded clone, is there eight, they're symmetrical. The whole robot is symmetrical. The wheels are mounted in the center on the back. The weapon is mounted in the center on the front. On Yes Chef, the wheels are actually lower in the back, and the weapon is higher up in the frame. So my ground clearance on the weapon is way lower. It almost skate. I have about, I don't, I'm not good at math, but it has, it skates the ground. It's pretty close. So it's, it has a little more under. So I was able to win engagements with Shifty, which was interesting. But oh Shifty's the only Shifty's the only person who damaged one of our beater bars at that event. It's the only one I had to change. And I didn't realize he damaged it. He twisted it when he hit it. 
and one of the teeth got bent out of place and he damaged the pulley. But the fight ended so fast that I didn't check it. So when we went on to fight Robert with Crash Fest in the next event, the bar uh, ended up uh, getting stuck because the pulley pulled out mm. from that fight. That, that definitely killed us. I think we would have won that fight if we if we didn't lose Bake Weapon. But, but yeah, that was the one we lost. That's actually kind of good because if we won that fight, we would have fought Komodo. And we, we oh yeah, we would have been taken out way earlier. <laughs> Komodo, incredible robot. That robot's amazing. Oh yeah, uh, third I, place, right? Miles. Insane. Oh man, Miles. Miles is one of my favorite type of people to see at Norwalk. Fresh blood. Had an had a vision that was unique, inspired. Okay, people will argue that it's a clone of another robot at a higher weight class, but what robot isn't? Right. You know what I mean. He built something that he thought would do well. He put work into it, and he brought it, and he he had a run. Yeah. You know what I mean. He did insanely well, and he built a scary robot. Yeah. A yeah. That thing. Scary robot. Ooh. He's the only person who knocked us out. Or not even knocked us out. He knocked me out. Yeah. The only person that of, stopped Bake that entire event. Of all the people that made us really reconsider our designs, it was him. It was him. Uh, I, the entire day, I was hoping and praying not to get a horizontal spinner like him. And once I saw on the, uh, the stream that we were getting Komodo, I was like, we're not coming out of this. Uh, I <laughs> wish I could show you the damage from Wake. But he almost cleared yeah. through my entire plow. Like, there's just a huge gash from the left side of the uh, plow to the right side, clean through. Um, there's probably only pff, half a centimeter holding that on. Uh, funny thing, though, is if we did win that fight, I probably would have been able to run it again because it is still structurally sound. Like, I'm really surprised. I, I wouldn't have been worried about it. Um, but, dude, that was a really good fight. Amazing. You destroyed a bake. It's hard to do. I have that bake. For he time. does. He has that matching set. Yeah, I have the wake and bake from our very last fight. Alex has the other two. That was an, That's another fun fact about him. Oh yeah, no, there's so Evan or uh, Angel ran the wedge wake for six of the seven fights, and I ran a bake. One of them for six of the seven fights. So the counterpart to each one only <laughs> ran one fight. So we each had one mm -hmm. that was like a tank through the event. Tiny little two pound robot. Um, our final question comes from Norwalk Havoc Superfan and just generally good egg, Eddie Friend, who wants to know you two put on a heck of a show. It takes a lot of coordination for a multi bot to win. Final question What was your secret to achieving driving domination? I feel like we've talked a little bit about this, but. Driving domination, is there a secret to it? Make sure your control bot can take hits from your aggressive bot. <laughs> yep. That way you just fly out of the that way that robot just fl flies out of the way and bounces off to the side. I will say I build some pretty tanky bots. I don't know if y'all saw my fight against Shredit Bro at Motorama. <laughs> I lasted the full three minutes in that fight, and God, I really wish I could show you the aftermath of that. The bot was mangled. It lost both of its forks. He took a huge chunk out of my top plate, out of my wheel guards, and it still functioned somehow. So I take pride in building tanky robots. Um, 
that's definitely a really important thing in a multi-bot because I got hit so much by Alex and it like it's not anybody's fault like it it just happens when you're a multi-bot it's hard to be a hive mind and just drive perfectly it's you're you're going to hit your uh, your teammate every so often and I just took those hits the funny thing <laughs> I think Bake did the most damage to Wake mm. besides Komodo for the yeah. that entire event yeah I also think it comes down to knowing your your role yes know what you're there to do uh know when to be up on the opponent and when not to be because you can't just be up in their face and not give your teammate any shot you you gotta switch off every so often that's awesome good advice i don't know i feel like that's that's also good life advice you know um do you guys want to uh give anyone any shout outs before we uh before we let you go Ooh. um Wow. I don't even think about that. You know what, Alex? I'm going to give, give a... you a shout-out. Oh, there we go. Friend. I'll give a shout-out to Angel for being equally as a good friend. There you go. Because we wouldn't have met if we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for Team Shredder. Yeah. This never would have happened if we I love this entire have a love team, this part. But, Alex, man, you're you're up there. I'll give a shout-out to Evan Arias. Uh, yes. Yeah, Evan's well, great. we'll all give a shout out to to Evan. He's he's the reason why we're all together. Yes, yes. He is. Uh, he's the Dom Toretto to our family. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Yes. Danny Trejo. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, Angel, Alex, this has been like the best, and I love both of you. And uh, can't wait to see Wake and Bake later this year. Can't wait to see your other robots uh, at Norwalk later this year. And uh, yeah, just continued success uh, through through the rest of uh, your robot fighting careers. Thank you, Luke. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to Santa Barbara, California, where researchers at Disney have teamed up with roboticists from UC Santa Barbara to answer a very simple question. How high can a robot jump? The team built a 12-inch tall robot that was capable of jumping 108 feet into the air, or roughly the height of a 10-story building. The robot did so by winding an elastic cord and then releasing all of the stored tension into a vertical leap. Disney is experimenting with robots as a way to replace humans in its theme parks and in its movie sets. Question. Whoa. Question. Does this make Blip a Disney princess? (laughs) It's the most beautiful of all. (laughs) Right. I, th- I think that they, since they obviously use the same technology, uh, they both make adorable characters. This, this, is, this is a matchup made in heaven. I think Aaron Hill should be getting royalties for any, uh, you know, deals they make selling this technology. That's a good point. But also, this is terrifying. I, I, <laughs> Wait, I, why, do we, why do we always got to go to the terrifying? It just jumped 108 feet. <laughs> yeah can you imagine a robotic uh what give me a uh marvel villain any marvel villain just give me a marvel villain uh carnage 
Okay, Carnage. Imagine, uh, you know, uh, Carnage jumping 108 feet. Well, at he you. could. He had a symbiote suit from outer space. He could jump that high, probably. Yeah, and he was more powerful than his father, Venom, so he could jump further. That's I mean, really, arguable. No That's arguable. It's canon. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, Kyle, we could do this all day. Yeah, so so could <laughs> Captain America. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, I don't know. What if one of these robots has AI programmed into it and now it can jump 108 feet and then starts wreaking havoc at Disneyland? Oh, you just got to get like a little net. <laughs> you catch it on the way down. Problem it's, solved. They're it, like Japanese beetles in your garden. It's 12 inches now, but who knows what it'll become. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Any anybody else have uh, any input on this twelve inch tall jumping robot? Yeah, I'll say this. I saw, watched a video of this when uh, when they kind of announced it a few weeks ago. It's cute. It's cute for a robot. I wouldn't say it's blip cute, but it's cute. You know, someone should make a bot whose actual like destructive power comes from jumping, not necessarily like a pogo stick with a with a with a point at the end of it but like if you were able to grab another bot that was 250 pounds and then jump 20 feet into the air (laughs) and then land on it that's that's pretty sweet you would just have to build a bot that can do that they've got to redesign ribot with magnets magnets and jumping power (laughs) that's a good point well that's about it for us today we'll be back in your feed next week with another mystery guest we're so happy to be back thanks folks Bye. Bye. See you later. There once was a bot who's from the sea. The name of the bot was the Kraken of Teeth. The lights went up, the buzzer sounds all go. My scaly girl go. Soon may the spinner man come to knock her teeth right from her gums. One day when the fighting is done, she'll take her teeth and go. She'd not been two weeks from shore When out did come her metal jaw The captain called all hands and swore He'd take that spinner in tow <gasps> Soon may the spinner man come To knock her teeth right from her gums One day when the fighting is done She'll take